equipping from God is making sure that your character has the ability to sustain. You see, equipping is never about whether you deserve the blessing or not. Equipping is never about whether you deserve the promise or not. Equipping is never about if you're qualified or not. Equipping is so that you can build the character that will sustain what already belongs to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, equipping, it's not to determine the, the amount of anointing or the power of your anointing. No, the equipping is so that your character can sustain the amount of anointing that God has already placed in your life. Equipping, equipping is so that God can trust you with what already belongs to you. So when you're being equipped. God bless you. It is a pleasure to speak to your life. I want to tell you that God has great things planned for you and that these are revealed through his word. Therefore, I encourage you to prepare your heart and to prepare your mind to hear a powerful word spoken through Pastor Richard Torres. Let's listen. Amen. Amen. Well, it is good to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Isn't that amazing? That wonderful opportunity that we have. Yes, it is a privilege. It is a wonderful opportunity that we have to be able to come together and worship Him. Amen? So, with that in mind, God has something in store for each one of us. And I want to welcome all of you guys. Do we have anybody for the first time in here? All of you guys are part of this family. Amen? Beautiful, beautiful family. Looking good today. Amen? Amen. Can you say amen? Looking good today? You're looking good? Looking good people. Amen. We want to welcome those watching online as well, those that are listening on the radio, whether this is live or later on, we, we want to make sure that you feel welcome and we are excited that you are part of this. Amen. John chapter 5, verse 2, verse 2, 3, and 4. John 5. Thank you, Jesus. Do you have it? If you are at home, I don't know how you do this. If you use your phone to read the Bible and you're watching us on your phone, well, guess what? Thank God for technology because you can see it on the screen. Amen? Now, there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, Bethesda, having five porches. You see... This is where it all began. A few years ago, this is where it all began. This verse right here, this passage of the Bible. You see, um, when I knew that becoming a pastor was imminent, that it was going to happen, it was going to happen, when I knew that, you know, naturally, I started dreaming about it. Yes. Just like when you find someone that you fall in love with, you naturally start dreaming about that one day where you will get married to this person, where you will have a house, where you will have a job, where you will come home and be able to provide for your family, where you'll be able to have joy in your house. You see, you start dreaming about these things. Well, that was the same way for me. When I knew that becoming a pastor was just a matter of time, I started dreaming about what this will look like, what I will dress like. And yes, it was very similar to what I'm dressing today. 
Yes, so it was, it was, it was a huge contrast. Because while I knew this is how I was going to be dressing to do what I was made for, I had to get dirty with Shirok and insulation and all these things. And, and so there was this contrast. God, I, I thought I was going to be wearing suits all the time. No. But, but, but listen to this. As I was dreaming about this, how I was going to dress, what I was going to look like, how I was going to preach, I was, going, was I going to be loud or was I going to be calm? Wh- which one was it? You see, all these things I started thinking about, including the name of the church. What would be the name of the church? And I had several in my mind that I, that I thought the church would be named. However, whenever God decided it was time for a name, this pop-upped. I mean, I, I knew this story, but somehow it, it, it was different this time around. So I love Bethesda. This is where it all began, Bethesda Church. I love the name. It works for our church. It works because you say it exactly the same in Spanish. So let's learn Spanish a little bit, okay? Let's say Bethesda Church in Spanish. Let's say just Bethesda part in Spanish. You ready? Let's say it. One, two, three. That's right. You see, you guys know Spanish. We have services in English and in Spanish. And I wanted a name that would be easily pronounced in both languages, that it would be the same. It's exactly the same. And the Spanish version is missing the H. But that's it. You pronounce it the exact same way. Bethesda Church. Now, most of what you see in this passage, I love, and I want this to be what, this, what is displayed in this church. The essence of what you see in this passage that we've been studying for the last few weeks, I, I want that to be what is displayed in this church. Are you with me? Yep. All right. Verse 3. Keep reading. In this, in this location, in this place, at Bethesda, which is the title of the series that we're concluding today, at Bethesda, laid a great multitude of sick people. And then it describes what kind of sickness was there. But, but the fact that it was a multitude of sick people, multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. You see that image? Amazing. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water, when whosoever stepped in first, then whosoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well in whatsoever disease he had. He was made well of whatsoever disease he had. Verse 2, 3, and 5 displays what I want this church to look like. Now, this last part, I believe, this last verse, has been manifested has been manifested time after time since the establishment of the church, the church of God, the church of Christ, the church. Since the establishment of the church, I believe this has been manifested. This is what I mean by that. It is known that in the church are people that are sick, that need healing. It is known that when God moves, 
people get healed, transformed, restored. It is known, you hear about it. When there is a movement of God taking place in a particular area, it is known. People are aware of this thing. So I love this, how this is already being manifested. And we should see this all the time in churches. That's what a church should be. should be a place where there is a group concentrated or a concentrated group of people or, or different people concentrated that have different sickness. Some of them are visible. That you can see when they walk in that they're sick and they need healing. Some others, however, you can't see. They walk in and you're not able to tell that they need healing in their lives. Well, I want this place to be a place where we are waiting for the moving of God in this place so that when God moves, people can be healed, restored, transformed. Amen? Now, if we want to experience that, we have to create a culture that is conducive to the moving of God in this place. We know some things about cultures. You know, cultures are created, but they're not only created, but they need to be maintained. You know, think of a culture as going to the gym or exercising. Think of culture as exercising because you can't just one day create culture and walk away just like you can't just say one day you did exercise and walk away and never come back again I, I I've gone to the gym in the last five years I've drove by several times I'm telling you there's there's something, about, there's something about a culture that is not just you have to create, but you have to maintain. And, and I see similarities when it comes to exercise. You see, thinking about exercising, it's not going to do anything. Who likes that? Who likes thinking about exercising? I like thinking about exercising. I like talking about exercise. You like talking about exercise? Or even that is painful. <laughs> Listen to this. We watch motivational videos that get us pumped and hyped. You see these videos where, where the guy is talking and, and then the, the background music is elevating, you know, and it's, it's just pumping you, right? right? And then they have images of, of someone. It's not even bright outside. It's still dark in the morning, right? And they're exercising and they're sweating and you can see the energy and the driving. You're like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. And then 5 a.m. comes in the morning. Or 5 a.m. comes. And we all know what, how that ends. But listen, listen. Exercising one day, it's no good for you. You have to do it all the time. You have to have consistency in order for this to work. Well, a culture works the same way. What good is it for you to say that we're going to create a culture in this place that welcomes everyone? And we talk about it, and we talk about it, and we talk about it, and we talk about it. But the first time someone walks in there that doesn't look or think like you, they don't feel welcome. No, it's something that we have to exercise, that we have to actually do. Guess what? We have to do it today. And we have to do it on Wednesday and on Tuesday and next Sunday. And let, guess what? Six months from now, we still have to do it. It never ends. Yeah. 
Creating a culture is not something that you do once and then you can just build upon it. No, every single day we have to be creating this culture that will be able to produce an environment that is conducive to God doing amazing things in this place. You believe it? We have to constantly do it. Pastor, you've been repeating that all these three weeks. You've been repeating about this culture. Well, guess what? I'm going to continue to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until we practice it and do it and keep doing it. And we know it so well that we teach our children to do it. I love the Jewish culture. I love it for many reasons. I love it. But one of the things that I love the most is how how they protect their culture and how they teach their children. God told them, to take some rocks from the Jordan River and to keep them in a place that their children will see all the time so they could ask questions and they will tell them what happened, how God did amazing things. You see, that's creating culture. We are to do those things constantly in our place, in our church. So we will be talking a lot about it. This is a culture. I want this place to be a place, listen, where we welcome everyone, where we practice mercy and grace. And we already spent some time on those, so I'm just going to mention them. If you have not heard them, you can go back and listen to those messages. Okay? We have plenty of places where you can do that. We are to welcome everyone, we are to practice mercy and grace, and we are to wait on God. You like that? These are things that I want people to experience when they come into this place, that they feel welcome, that they experience mercy and grace, and that they can see the anticipation, the expectation of what it feels like to wait on God. Amen? Amen. All right, I know you're waiting for today's message, so let's get there. Let's get there. Now, we know that these things will produce a culture where transformation will be possible. And we talked about a couple of aspects of transformation, things that take place in our lives while we're being transformed. We know that transformation is an ongoing thing for us. You with me? Romans 12 and 2 suggests that we are transformed according to the renewal of our mind. As our mind is being transformed, or excuse me, is being renewed, we are transformed. Okay? So it's an ongoing thing it's an ongoing thing think of it this way three steps first there is a revelation your mind all of a sudden just there's a light bulb something about god just came to life there is a revelation in your life now here's a problem that revelation has to make it all the way across to a new habit in your life which there is a long 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 wilderness in between this is what i mean by that there is revelation then there has to be implementation and then it becomes a lifestyle right now this part of implementing is tough i was reading a book a little while ago the title of the book is mentor the kid and the ceo wonderful wonderful book if you have not read it read it it's an amazing book one of the things that he says in that book is that We are to constantly grow 
in the aspects of our lives, spiritually speaking, also physically speaking, not necessarily grow in you're going to get taller, but, but, but be healthy, but be uh, uh, intentional about how you live and those things. And, and the other one was the intellectual. So this is what, what, what I, as I was reading this, it dawned on me that though I look like I was still 25, I wasn't really 25. And that I needed to actually change some habits in my life. One of them was I needed to actually start exercising because I could actually feel the difference in my body as it was aging. I'm serious. And it dawned on me that I have a responsibility with my body, that I have to take care of it, that I have to eat healthy, that I have to have good habits. Well, guess what? One thing is to think about it, to love the idea, and a complete different thing is to actually get to it. It's a complete different thing. Now, I was so blessed by the fact that we have a wonderful friend in our family. His name is Johnny Jackson. He kindly invited me to his gym where he would train me. Now, I had a light bulb that came on, okay? I knew that something needed to happen, something needed to change. I needed to start exercising. Now, implementing it was a whole different story. They said that it takes 21 days to create a new habit. And I say they're lying. I say they're lying. Because I remember it was past six months of three times a week getting up at 5 a.m. in the morning and meeting Mr. Johnny to exercise. And I can tell you that every time I got up, I was looking for excuses not to show up. I didn't like the idea. And let me tell you one thing. Even today, I still don't, I don't get excited about exercising. It's something that I have to do, that I have to do. So what I'm saying is that you have a, a, a revelation. The revelation needs to be implemented, and it is a long journey. Transformation, it's exactly that way. There is a revelation, something that goes into your mind that you understand God has something for your life. Now you have to wrestle with your, with your old habits in, in, in fighting so that you can apply what new revelation you have into your life so that it can modify your way of, your way of living. This is why I want you to be with with me for a moment. In this process, you need to cut people some slack. Transformation. Maybe God transformed you overnight, transformed you overnight. But I know that it wasn't all of you transformed overnight. There were some aspects of you that God immediately changed. I believe that. And they are different for everybody. But we need to cut people some slack. Because while God is still transforming you, there are people out there that want to please God and yet still do things that are not pleasing to God. Cut them, cut them some slack. Do you understand what I'm saying? Cut them some slack. Practice mercy and grace. Not a very popular message. Let's condemn them. Let's send them to hell, all of them. Heathens. Let's cut people some slack. Are you with me? Now, at Bethesda, we want to focus on these three aspects of transformation. It's, a, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. Amen? 
three aspects of transformation. One, restore. We want to focus on restoring. Restore. We want to be agents of restoration. Number two, you know what that was? Number two, cultivate. We want to make sure that people are equipped in this place so that the character has the ability to sustain. Remember this, because this will go with you a long way. Equipping from God is making sure that your character has the ability to sustain. You see, equipping is never about whether you deserve the blessing or not. Equipping is never about whether you deserve the promise or not. Equipping is never about if you're qualified or not. Equipping is so that you can build the character that will sustain what already belongs to you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, equipping, it's not to determine the, the amount of anointing or the power of your anointing. No, the equipping is so that your character can sustain the amount of anointing that God has already placed in your life. Equipping, equipping is so that God can trust you with what already belongs to you. So when you're being equipped, as we discussed last week, by people that you loved, don't quit. Just allow God to continue to minister on your life. But I want to concentrate today on empowering. Empowering. Restore, cultivate, and empower. Does it feel a little dense in here? Does it feel a little tough? Is the atmosphere a little heavy? I wonder if it's all that demonic activity. No? No, okay. Have you been praying? Listen, as a church, we want to be able to restore, equip, and empower people. Who in here loves the sound of empowering? Doesn't it sound amazing? Empowering. I think out of the three of those aspects, this is the favorite one, isn't it? Restoring. Nobody likes restoring. It's dirty. It's messy. It takes a long time. Equipping. Oh, man. It messes with your character. But empowering. It's like it's time to shine. Empowering. It's time to enhance. Don't you like that? Empowering. If you want to be empowered today and on Tuesday or on Wednesday or every single time, I believe this is a place for you to be empowered. So let's talk a little bit about empowerment. What comes to mind when you hear, when you hear that you will be empowered? Come on. Send your minds away for a second and start thinking about what comes to you directly? What comes to mind whenever you think about the fact that God wants to empower you? What does that look like to you? To be empowered feels like it means you're given something. Listen to this. You're given something that will make you stronger. That's not, isn't that what, what that sounds like? To be empowered feels like it means to be given something that will make you stronger, something that will enhance what you have already. Something that will make you powerful. Something that will help you fight better. Something that will make you invincible. Something that will improve your chances of winning. 
It's probably the feeling that Tony Stark gets when he puts on the suit of Iron Man. Or it's the feeling that, is it uh, Bruce Wayne gets when he puts the Batman suit on? Can, can, can you picture this? As they're putting a suit on, can you picture them looking at their hands? feeling like something's changed, feeling like something's different, feeling that all of a sudden they're powerful, feeling that all of, a sudden, all of a sudden they can accomplish the mission. You see, empowering, it's displayed by what we see in this image that I painted. When you put on something that now, it, it multiplies your abilities, it makes you stronger, it makes you powerful, it, it, it produces a higher percentage of possibilities of winning. Isn't that what empowering feels like? You become a different person. I'm telling you. When this is placed on you, when you put on this thing, you become a different person. All of a sudden, challenges don't seem the same way. All of a sudden, difficulties in front of you, when you have been empowered, don't look as powerful anymore. All of a sudden, the challenges in your marriage don't seem as difficult anymore. You see, you have a suit on you. That makes you feel different about yourself. I, I think it gives you confidence. Empowering is displayed in this image that we just painted. You see yourself differently. Confident. You have no doubt that you will win. I'm telling you, I see those guys. And when they have those customs, those suits on, it, it, it feels like they know they're not going to lose. I don't know if you want to become or turn green or whichever power it is that you're thinking in your mind. Keep that in mind when it comes to empowering because what I want to tell you today is that there is a problem with that empowerment. There is a problem with you waiting so that something can be placed on you, deposited on you, so that now you can feel confident, so that now you can have no doubts that you will conquer, so that now you can feel differently. There is a problem with now being saved and still waiting on something to be deposited on you so that you can now feel invincible. You see, I don't think that's how empowering works in the kingdom. You see, the image of empowering that we get from the world suggests that you lack something that when it's given to you, now all of a sudden you have the confidence that you need. You have the ability that you need. You have the power that you need. This mindset of empowering suggests that you lack something and when this is given, you become a different person. When you get a hold of this thing that, that is given to you, you become confident and now all of a sudden, you can accomplish what seems impossible in your life. It suggests that it comes from the outside. So you can be empowered. Something has to be deposited inside of you. Empowering in the kingdom, however, doesn't start with the idea that you lack something. But instead, empowering in the kingdom of God starts with the idea that you already have everything you need. That's why there is no amens. <laughs> Who likes to hear, hey, I know you think that you lack something to accomplish that task, but I'm telling you, you already have everything that you need. You know, that doesn't sell. Nobody gets excited about it. And I, I, you'll see why. 
we see in this passage that we're reading just what I explained to you right now. Let's go to verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8. I hope God has been speaking to your life through this message. The desire of Bethesda Church and Pastor Richard is to change lives through love, and we are very grateful for the opportunity that this medium allows us to reach multitudes. If you would like to continue listening to more messages from our pastor or to know more about this ministry, look for us online at mybethesda.org or on facebook.com slash mybethesda. Thank you. Do you have it? Jesus said to him, so just in case you haven't been here for the few weeks that we've been, starting, uh, that we've been studying this passage. There was a man that has been sick for a long time. 38 years have been sick. And Jesus comes to him and asks him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be restored? And he goes on and says, I can't because of this. I can't because when I try, this is faster than me. I can't because every time I'm close, somebody else goes before me. Okay? So he's giving all these excuses. And he looks at him. Jesus looks at him and says, verse 8. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and walk. Jesus didn't say, oh, I see your limitations. Oh, it makes sense. You don't have this. That's why you can't do this. Oh, it makes sense. I forgot that I created you lacking this. So I'm glad that I'm meeting you now so that I can give you what you've been missing so you can accomplish what I created you for. No, that's not what he says. He ignored every one of those excuses and instead he said, rise, rise, rise. I see what you lack, rise. You need to be empowered. Rise. Well, before you rise, let me deposit something on you. Let me make a special prayer so that something can be deposited inside of you. Did he do that? No. He just simply said, rise. Rise. So I'm going to share a couple of things about this method that God utilizes to empower people. And we're going to start with the fact that how God empowers people is, listen to this, empowering in the kingdom of God, empowering in the kingdom of God is voice activated. Since we're talking about all this cool technology and Mr. Tony Stark, I want to tell you that in the kingdom of God, empowering doesn't happen by the exchange of something. It happens by voice command. You see, you may not realize this, but the exchange has already taken place. It was done. It was done once. It doesn't need to be done again. The exchange had already been placed. He died in the cross so that you and I could be set free, so that you and I could be empowered, so that the, the death would not have power over us, so that sin will not have power over us. So everything is done. He has done it all. All he has to do is activate it. You see, empowering in the kingdom of God is voice activated. Jesus said to him, I see your problem. I hear all of your excuses. Rise. Rise. No special prayer. Rise. No special deposit. Rise. Rise. 
Simply rise. I know you feel oppressed. I know you feel oppressed. Rise. I know you're dealing with depression. Rise. I know you're struggling in your marriage. Rise. I know you're struggling with this. Rise. I know this is difficult for you. Rise. There was no special deposit. Simply rise. Rise. See, empowering in the kingdom is a little different. And the fact that empowering is voice activated presents some challenges for us. It brings a little dilemma to us. When something is voice activated, means that all you get really is a simple command. Simple command. God simply speaks into your life. And I know this is exciting because it's a preaching and people like this kind of things and and we build the momentum and it's exciting you know God speaking into your life but the reality is that when you're struggling when you're in pain when you're suffering when things are difficult the last thing that you need is someone just to say a word you need action to take place in your life when someone when someone tells you God is going to take care of you you look at them and you say you you don't think I know that you don't think I've heard that before I need some action. I'm struggling. I'm dying here. Can you do something? You see, empowering looks different in the world than it does in the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, all you get is a command. Jesus, you're not understanding. It sounds very simple to you. Rise. Don't you know that I've been like this 38 years? Don't you know that my muscles don't respond to my brain? Haven't you heard my story? So when you come to Jesus and say, hey, my marriage has been struggling like this. Hey, my ministry has been struggling like this. Hey, my, 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 uh, I lost it. And then, and then I lost momentum and I couldn't go back. I kept trying to translate it from Spanish to English and I couldn't. So I just dropped it. My business is falling apart. And all you're giving me is just a word. You see, empowering in the kingdom of God is not where God gives you a special suit. It's not where now you receive something that you put on and immediately you feel like a different person. You see, it's just simply a command from God. And regardless whether you feel like a different person, regardless whether you feel that you're stronger than before, it doesn't matter. This command will have the ability to empower your life in such a way that everything will change around you, regardless of how things seem in that moment. It's a little different. I know it's discouraging because we want something tangible. Something that will show me right now that I actually have better odds at the moment than what it feels like right now. And instead, all I get is rise. Lord, Lord, you should change my situation first, and then I'll rise. Lord, you should do this first, and then I'll rise. Lord, you should provide first, and then I'll go. This is a challenge that the only thing you get is a word, just like promises. Promises. You get all excited about a promise. Now I'm being sarcastic. But when you receive a promise, what is it that you really received? Nothing. All you received was a promise. 
You have nothing in that moment. All you have is hope that one day God will show up. Hope that one day God will do as he said. And let me tell you, that is empowering like you have no idea. That is more empowering than having something that will make you feel stronger in the moment. It will last longer than a suit from Iron Man. The second challenge that we have with the fact that empowering is voice activated is that it implies, it implies that you have it in you. That's annoying. That you go to a place to seek for help and they tell you that you have it in you. Meaning, you are looking for an answer and they come back and tell you that the answer is inside of you. Are you kidding me? Is that why I drove two hours to come and meet with you? So you can tell me that I know what the right answer is? Get a clue. I'm here because I have no idea what that is. And they tell you it's inside of you. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. You don't have to go there. It's the beginning. God is presenting his creation. He's speaking about man. And he said, and let them have dominion. Voice command. He activated something inside of them. He didn't say, hey, hey, I forgot to put something in there that will give them dominion. No, he created them first. He created them first and then with his voice activated something inside of them and let them have dominion. Listen, God created, created you with everything that you needed for the journey that you are in. So all really that you need is a voice command from God that activates what's already inside of you. You're lacking, you're lacking nothing to be able to accomplish the things that God created you for. There is nothing that you are missing. God created everything inside of you knowing the kind of life that you will have. Yes, he knew that your mom will walk away. He knew that your dad will walk away. He knew that your husband will not, what you want, will not be what you wanted it to be. He created you with all these things in mind mind which means that he placed everything inside of you and all he needed to do is in the right time activate it activate it just call it in call it maybe it was hidden maybe it was far away but all he had to do is say let them have dominion you see his voice activated telling you this is a real thing remember Gideon he was hiding because he lacked strain, strength. He lacked strategies. He lacked power. So he was hiding from the enemy. And all it took, listen, the angel didn't come. The angel didn't come and invested him with power. The angel didn't come and did a special prayer over him. The angel simply came and said, mighty men of valor. Voice command activating something inside of you. Listen, you may feel defeated, but God calls and, and, and tells you, you are victorious. You may feel like you have no chance, but God calls and says, hey, it is not over yet. All you need is a voice command from God that will allow you to empower you in such a way that there will be no enemy. Listen, with suit or no suit, there is no enemy that will be able to withstand the power that is inside of you because of Jesus Christ. All you need is a voice command. He calls you woman of faith. And he calls you woman of faith on the Sunday that you didn't have the ability to get up and go to church. 
I mean, you're still struggling at home finding the app of Facebook so that you can watch the service and it's 20 minutes late already. And God calls you woman of faith. Voice commands that activate, that empower in our lives. So empowering is voice activated. Let's look at this voice command for a second. What is it that this voice command is? What does it look like? You want to be empowered? Do you want to be empowered? Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, if you feel like you have not been empowered yet, this is the scenario that I want, I'm, I'm painting. If you feel like you can't defeat the enemy, if you feel like it's too late for you, if you feel like you cannot overcome, if you feel like you're missing something, you come to church because you're missing something. Something needs to be deposited on you so you can accomplish what you were created. You need to listen to this, what this voice command does and how it activates. And the reason why I said it is because everyone in here has heard that voice command. If we go back in time, it started with God, first voice command, let them have dominion. Let them have dominion. Voice command. Then Abraham heard a voice command that said, leave what you are accustomed to, what you're used to. Leave normancy. Go into a place that I'm going to show you. And start going before you know what that's going to look like. Voice command. Moses I'm going to send you to deliver the people of Israel. Voice command. It's a voice command. It's a voice command. Listen, Moses didn't receive anything, anything special. When he said, how am I going to do this? He said, what do you have on your hand? You see, he didn't receive anything special. He already had everything. God had already placed everything in his life that he needed. All he was lacking was that voice command. Moses, I'm going to send you to deliver my people from bondage. Joshua, you will bring my people into the promised land. Peter, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. To this man that we're studying, he said simply, rise. Voice command. You know what this voice command does? He puts the ball in your court. A voice command that puts the ball in your court and let them have dominion what he said is you have dominion over everything it's on your court yeah. and when the serpent came they forfeited they were not defeated they gave it away dominion belonged to them it was up to them just the same way that it is up to you Because the same dominion that was given to them was given to you. Dominion puts the ball in your court. Commands you to do what you think is impossible. Now, don't lose track of that phrase. His voice command, that message simply commands you to do what you think is impossible without the Iron Man suit. Listen, he's expecting you to do 
what you think is impossible without you receiving what you think you lack. He's expecting you to do what you think is impossible without you receiving what you think you lack. Because you keep asking God, God, I, I need to have that so that I can then. You see, I thought that being ordained as a pastor will automatically deposit something inside of me that will make me feel different. That automatically, when I was ordained as a pastor, I will walk anywhere and I will feel like a pastor. Do you know that that has been a battle for me? That the enemy would try to come and, and, and make me feel like I was not a pastor. I didn't look like a pastor. I didn't talk like a pastor. I didn't preach like a pastor. So guess what? God is asking you to do what you think is impossible before you receive what you think you lack. He looks at your situation and ignores what is against you and says, rise, go. You're not understanding, Jesus. You're obviously not understanding that I, I can't. Go. Go. This is what I'm trying to take you. You want to be empowered so that you can answer the call. You want to be empowered so that you can answer the call. The problem is that it's backwards. You answer the call, and that empowers you. You answer the call, and you answering the call empowers you. Think of the image of God dealing with Moses and the serpent. When God told Moses to throw it, what happened to the stick that he had in his hand? It turned into a snake. And then he told them, okay, grab it. And he was waiting. He was waiting for God to turn that snake into a stick so he could grab it. But that didn't happen. No. You want to be empowered before you obey God's word. No. It's obeying his calling that empowers you. That's where the secret is. In obeying his calling that allows you now all of a sudden to be empowered. We want to be we want to feel powerful. We want to feel different. We want to feel stronger. We want to feel fearless. We want to have no doubt so that we can do what we're called to do. Yeah. God says, no, no, no. Empowering, it's answering the call, though you may not feel powerful. Answering the call, though you may not feel different. Answering the call, though you may still have doubts. You see, it's not the absence of fear. It's you knowing that there is a possibility of failure still moving forward. And say, God, I've heard your voice, and I'm moving by that. That's where empowering takes place. And I'm going to close with this one. So we know that empowering is voice activated. And we know that his voice command has to be obeyed so that you can be empowered. Now, this voice command needs faith. That's all it needs. It needs faith. It takes faith. And I'm going to close with a little bit of my story to try to display a little bit about this voice command 
and how empowering it is. Because I feel like as Christians, we're waiting for a preacher to come and literally shake us. Because we think that it's in the shaking that transformation takes place. I mean, we want a preacher that comes in here and bow, and you just fall into the floor. You fall into the floor and you're still on the floor shaking. And two hours later, you're still there shaking. We want someone to come and do an impartation because we have, we lack something inside of us. That's not what impartation is for. Impartation is not because you were not properly equipped for the journey that you have. That's not what impartation is for. Listen, and that's not what I'm talking about or denying the need of. What I'm talking to you about is the fact that you're still waiting to receive something that will empower you to do what God called you to do. When God is simply saying, rise, go, do what I asked you to do, I'll take care of bringing power into your life through the Holy Ghost. I'll take care of those things. But that's not what you're lacking right now. Listen, it's just a voice command away from your victory. That's all it is, a voice command. When I was 15... When I was 15, a pastor said to me, Richard, if you protect your heart, God will use you in a powerful way. Now, I've shared this before and how broad that is, how universal that is. Meaning, I can say that to each one of you and not be in an error, not be in a mistake. I can say it to each one of you and be a genuine, real, powerful thing. But here's the thing. When he said that, that was a voice command in my life that changed everything. It empowered me. When he said that, I actually thought that God was looking at me and choosing me. Listen, you have to believe when you hear that God wants to bless you, you really have to single yourself out of everyone around you and really believe that God wants to bless you. You have to have faith to believe that God wants to do something in your life. You see, because that is empowering. My life changed after that. I felt like I had purpose, that God could really do something in my life. It didn't matter that I didn't receive anything special. There was no shaking. Listen, there was no shaking down in that, in that time. It was just a simple voice that sounds like rise, that sounds like go. You see, I want to use you. That is empowering. When you feel like God is choosing you for something, it's empowering. When you feel like God is using you to restore your marriage, using you to elevate your children to new levels, using you in the ministry, in church, in your business to be a blessing to people. Listen, believe that God wants to use you in whatever way he created you for. At the age of 22, I had a dream just a couple years ago. I had a dream. I had a dream that will shift things in my life. See, it was not a coincidence. I believe that dream was from God. I took it to heart. At the age of 26, Bishop Eric McClellan 
spoken to my life and said, I see, I see pastoral ministry in your life. And here's the thing. This is what I'm trying to get to you. How many times have you heard from God? How many voice commands have you heard? How many voice commands have you heard? Because you have to actually believe them. This is what I'm trying to tell you. When he said that to me, there is no way my circumstances looked like that would be real in the moment. There is no way. But you see, I actually believed it. I believed it against the odds. Yes, against the odds. I believed that that was God speaking into my life. When I was asked to take over the church, I don't know what I was thinking. I said yes. I believed that God was actually in it. Because there was no other way that this would happen. What I'm trying to tell you is that you have heard a voice command from God. But if you don't act upon it, it can be years before you get to experience what he already spoke over your life. If he's speaking something into your life, you have to act upon it. You can't just sit around. You can't just wait. It won't happen unless you start moving in that direction. So, all I'm saying is that I never had, I never had one of those crazy experiences that I walked away feeling different, that I walk away feeling stronger, that I walk away feeling like I could conquer the world. I never had a suit that I put on and it changed how I saw myself. I never had anything. All I had was a voice command that I started when I was 15. And I believed that God was saying the truth. I believed that it was God speaking to me. And it changed everything. It empowered me to dare, to dare to do something that I had all the odds against me. That's what the voice command does. That's how powerful and empowering it is. That against the odds, you stand up and say, I will get this done. I will go through this journey. I will conquer. And God will be with you every step of the way. Would you please stand? And if you have not answered to that command, I hope you don't leave today without answering. If you can help me. Jared, removing this, please. I don't even know. We have time. We have time. How powerless do you feel? Do you look around your circumstances and you recognize what you lack and you think... If you were to have something that will make you feel different, stronger, powerful, things will be different. I came here to tell you today that you're lacking nothing. You're lacking nothing. Just listen to his command. I know it's painful. It's painful. When you're struggling, when you're in pain, and God is asking you to do what you know is impossible, all he's asking you to do is to believe and move forward, to step into faith. So I'm asking you to come and answer that calling. Let me tell you, there is no suit that you're going to put on that's going to make you feel different 
I've had to get in here. Not act like I had it all together. No. Preach despite of the struggle. Preach despite of the fights that I had inside of me. Believing that what God said was true regardless of my nasty reality. That it didn't seem like it was actually working. That it was actually getting better. All I'm saying is that if you're waiting for something to make you feel different, more powerful, you will spend your entire life waiting for that. Because even after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there will be challenges that will make you feel smaller than the enemy. There will, situ there will be situations that will be difficult. So you need to understand that regardless of your circumstances, if you've heard the voice of God, you step forward, you move forward, you go after Him, and you start living according to that voice command would you please bow your head I hope you have enjoyed this message and if one day you're in the Dallas Fort Worth area and would like to visit our address is 71001 Airport Freeway Richland Hills Texas 76118 we would love to meet you. If you have any requests and would like for us to pray for you, you can call us at 817-427-0010 and leave a voice message. Contact us and let us know your comments. Once again, you can give us a call at 817-427-0010 or write us an email to info at mybethesda.org.